0: Welcome to the Hoping Coffee podcast, episode 22 of season 7 with me, Rob Linzel. And today we're going to start by looking at John chapter 8, verse 44. Okay, so if you weren't getting a sense of déjà vu in part 2 of this mini-series, I wouldn't blame you if you are now definitely getting that feeling. Yes, this is the third and final part of the series entitled No Time to Lie. And what we have been looking at is how the enemy works, how his greatest weapon is lies, for he is the father of lies. As has already been said during this three-part series, we are in a battle for our very souls, a daily battle, spiritual warfare. This is something I'm passionate about, because as I've said before, it's something that isn't really explored in depth by the church although not completely ignored. Yet it is a subject which I wish was covered more in depth, as it leaves us ill-equipped to walk in faith and remain strong. I know from experience that my ideas on faith have been misguided and unbalanced due to a lack of understanding. Unfortunately, what the church can often do is gloss over the harder parts of faith in order not to scare people. There are other subjects I have a passion for that the church glosses over, but right now this is the subject God has put on my heart. And in so doing, he has told me we're not quite done yet. So here we are, part three, the unplanned final chapter, for now. However that's quite enough preamble from me, it's time to get down to business and continue this journey we've been on, exploring the battle for our souls and the enemies But before we do, take a deep breath and let's pause to look at Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, as taken from the NIV translation. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. We previously looked at how the enemy uses lies, containing truth, and painted to appeal to us in some way. In fact, the most important thing to remember in this battle is that the enemy has studied you, and he knows you well. He won't just try to deceive you with random lies, to tempt you with random sin, but he will use your own desires against you. Whatever weaknesses we have, the devil will try to exploit them. And let's face it, as humans, we have many. Now, you may remember that in part two, I looked at the temptation of Christ, and I want to look at that again. Having been in the wilderness, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, we find the statement, he was hungry, Jesus was hungry. Still one of the biggest understatements ever. But take note of the first temptation of the enemy. He says to Jesus, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus is hungry. And here we see how the enemy plays to that in his attempt to tempt him. The devil doesn't offer something random, he doesn't say, can I offer you a mobile phone? Which of course probably would have been used to order takeaway. No, he recognises Jesus' hunger and tries to exploit it. Hang on, I hear you say, why is he talking about mobile phones and takeaways? That didn't exist then. Well, as always, there's a very deliberate reason for that. Firstly and obviously because it is utterly ridiculous and out of place and extreme but secondly because it then leads me to another point however before i get to that point let's pause to look at god's word and look at romans chapter 12 verse 12. romans chapter 12 verse 12 as taken from the esv translation rejoice in hope Be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. The point I wanted to make here stems back over three decades, to a talk I once heard as a teenager, and that I later adapted to use when I had my first role as a youth leader. It's a point that's become even more true since I first heard it, and it's this. We live in an instant world, where we expect everything now. Instant gratification. The original talk I heard, and later adapted, made reference to a fast food chain restaurant where my youth leader got upset when told it would be three minutes whilst fresh food was cooked. My subsequent teaching was similar, the point being that we expect fast food to be fast, instant. However, fast forward, and this is now a point that is truer than ever. With the release of the internet and later mobile phones and tablets, the world is now at our fingertips. We can go online and access so much information instantly or shop online and receive our goods the next day or even the same day if ordered early enough. We get upset if our internet goes down and we can't access information or order the latest item we just have to have The point is we've become even more impatient due to technology and the ability to satisfy any desire instantly. But how does this tie into what we were looking at? What the enemy tries to tempt Jesus with is an instant gratification, knowing he is hungry the devil tries to tempt him to use his powers to create bread and eat. Which is exactly what the devil does to us tempts us with our own desires and our own weaknesses to ignore what's good for us and to try and get us to sin. But let's pause here again for a moment to return to scripture and look at Luke chapter 8 verse 12. Luke chapter 8 verse 12 as taken from the NIV translation. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. This verse from Luke is taken from the well-known parable of the farmer sowing seeds, looking at the kingdom of heaven. As this one verse describes, the devil comes to take the word from the hearts of those who have heard. It is why I'm so passionate about the subject of spiritual warfare, the constant battle we are in with the enemy. And it's why I get upset when we are ill-equipped because there is a failure to tackle the truth, because we don't want to scare the new believers. Yet this is a lie the enemy wants the church to believe, what he wants followers of Christ to believe. As I said in part two, Jack Nicholson responds to Tom Cruise's demand for the truth with the famous line, you can't handle the truth. What I didn't look at last time Is how Jack Nicholson's character then goes on to say how he is necessary, how he makes the decisions nobody else wants to make, how he is the truth that some don't want to hear. And the truth is that there would be those who are new to faith who may fall away when presented with the whole truth. They may hear that being a follower of Christ isn't easy, that they can expect to be in a constant battle for their soul and walk away but for those who hear the truth and accept it, they will become stronger Christians for it. My journey has been a long one, much of which got spent in the wilderness as I was ill-equipped, raised on one side of the good news, rainbows and unicorns. Not an outright lie, but certainly a large omission of truth. However, Let's pause once more to return to God's word and look at 1 John chapter 4 verse 1. 1 John chapter 4 verse 1, as taken from the NIV translation. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I want to take a moment here to return to the temptation of Jesus. Who, in response to the Satan trying to use scripture out of context to tempt him, responds, It is written, You shall not test the Lord your God. Interesting. Jesus says not to test God. Yet in 1 John chapter 4, we are told to test the spirits to see if they are from God, with so many lies around us, and lies being the enemy's main weapon. What I believe we can take from this is the following. If we know it to be from God, we should not test him. However, rather than be deceived by evil spirits, we can test if something is off God before acting on it. Let me give an example. I have this friend who has the most amazing gift to hear from God. If this friend gives me a message from God, I generally don't need to question that it is indeed from God. However, this friend is naive and when given a supposed message from God takes it at face value. Now, whilst this is no bad thing in itself, should my friend be told God is saying something contradictory to his word, my friend still believes it. To this day, it still confounds me someone so gifted can be so naive whilst we are commanded to love our enemies we aren't told to trust them in fact as we see here we are to test to discern if it is of god or of the enemy blind faith in god is good blind faith is extremely dangerous spiritual wisdom is so important however Let's pause one last time to look at Scripture and look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, as taken from the NIV translation. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Now, here is a verse known to Christians and non Christians alike. You reap what you sow. Isn't it strange that a Biblical principle is so deeply embedded in society? Many of my non-Christian friends have used this statement when faced with others acting badly, something along the lines of, so-and-so is doing or saying this, but they'll reap what they sow, karma. But this is especially true as followers of Christ. We reap what we sow, yet how does this tie into the topic in hand? the enemy and his tactics easy the enemy's tactics of lies and deceit are designed for one thing and one thing only destruction the devil wants to tear us down and lead us away from god not with one all-out frontal attack but with many subtle small attacks where he gets us to do more damage to ourselves through sin 1 john chapter 4 verse 18 says There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. The enemy sows fear with his lies. In some cases, it's fear we are missing out. In other cases, he sows the fear that our sin will be punished. But we have a loving God, whose weapon of choice is truth, and who has already won the war on sin. That's not to say we have a free reign. There's no get out of jail free card if we continue to sin deliberately as we expect to be forgiven. We must be truly sorry for sin and resist the temptation to repeat that sin. We must repent. However, sometimes sin does become an addiction and we can't help ourselves. But that, I'm afraid, is another episode So for now, let us pray. Father God, just as I bring this third episode of No Time to Lie to a close, I thank you for putting it heavily on my heart. I thank you for the passion I feel for bringing the truth, for facing the truth that many don't want to face. Father God, I just pray that these episodes have been helpful and instructive, and encouraging to those who listen, to my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I just pray that as we continue our journey, we would continue that journey in truth, that we wouldn't be afraid to speak the truth, that if we are telling our friends, our non-Christian friends, our non-Christian family, about you, if we're trying to bring them to you, Let us not do it through lies, by omissions of truth. Make them, let us make them aware of the truth. It's not an easy life. It will never be an easy life. There will be mocking and ridicule, persecution. And in some countries and in some cases, even torture and death. But it is a price we pay as your followers. And it's a price we should not gloss over when we are talking about you. So Father God, I thank you again for putting this on my heart. And pray that it reaches anyone who listens. In the name of Jesus. Amen.